This podcast has been brought to you with the support of Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. With a Wise account, you can send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Whether you're traveling through Asia, freelancing in France, or buying that dream property in Oz, Wise is the easy way to connect all your finances internationally. You can even send money home to mum in minutes. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com. Kia ora, I'm Damien Venuto. It's December 13th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. One of the biggest talking points of 2023 has been migration. Not just who's coming into New Zealand, but how many of us are leaving the country. This year has seen record numbers of New Zealanders flock across the ditch and set up shop in Australia. There's nothing new in this move across the Tasman, but the sheer volume of Kiwis leaving has sparked concerns over a potential brain drain. But in and among the stories of higher wages and more job opportunities, is the grass always greener on the other side? NZ Herald journalist and Australian expat Ben Lay has spoken to some of those about their experiences. He joins us today on the front page to discuss migration movements over the last 12 months. Ben, can you give us an idea of how many people have moved from New Zealand to Australia in the last year? Yeah, so the release of stats by StatsNZ sort of lags behind. So the latest figures are for the year to March 2023, and we lost 17,500 people net to Australia. So in other words, 17,000 more people went to Australia than came back from Australia to New Zealand. On the other side, do we know if many have made the reverse journey in the last 12 months? Yeah, so to put it into perspective, we've had 20,000 people come from Australia to New Zealand and we've had 38,400 go the other way. So that's where we get our net loss. And that's running at a sort of historical highs. So between 2014 and 2019, it was roughly we were losing about 3,000 people. And then if you go back to 2004 to 2013, then it was a lot bigger. We were losing around 30,000 each year. So it sort of dropped off for a while and now it's picking up again, that loss to Australia. We often hear that things are cheaper across the ditch and this is one of the draw factors, but how true is that sentiment? What stats have you seen that either back that up or question that narrative? If you're talking about cost of living, it's quite anecdotal. Some things are definitely cheaper. House, buying a house appears to be cheaper over there, a lot more variety. One of the stats that's most scary to me, it doesn't really make sense, is if you look at the main cities of both countries ranked in order of what's the most expensive, like Auckland is more expensive on average price than Sydney. And then the next two are Wellington City and Taranga. So, I mean, that's hard to fathom, right? Why are New Zealand's houses so expensive? But on the other side, there's things that aren't, definitely aren't cheaper. Uh, My stats or the stats we got from the analyst CoreLogic show that rent was actually more expensive in Australia than here. Petrol's cheaper over there, but this seems to be more complicated than that because when you register your car, the registration process is more expensive in Australia. On online forums... Childcare costs tend to be talked about a lot as being more expensive in Australia. Now, in terms of groceries, this is one of those anecdotal things, but I did look actually on one of those Facebook forums this morning and someone posted their grocery list, which was a very basic one in Australia, um, and they bought some like Arnott shapes, some sourdough bread, eggs, instant coffee. That cost them $75 in Australia. That was at Woolworths. And someone did the exact same shop here in New Zealand and said it came out to $103. 
So not exactly scientific, but that maybe gives an indication of what the difference is in groceries. That is quite telling. If people are sharing those anecdotes online, there has to be some nugget of truth to that, right? Yeah, that's right. And from the people I spoke to, they felt like maybe it's cheaper over there, but you know, because they're not living here at the same time, they're not measuring it um, a lot. But the key thing is that salaries are so much higher that they feel like they're living a lot more comfortably. You recently caught up with some New Zealanders of various ages and life stages who have moved to Australia. What was it about the lucky country that really drew them across the ditch? Yeah, so it's definitely salaries. People are just going for the money, really, really. Um, But the other thing is the chance to get on the property ladder. People mentioned that to me as well. I think it must be there's more housing options because you've got obviously more cities in Australia and within them there's a larger variety of houses to buy and potentially more apartments. But yeah, salary is the key one. Nearly everyone I spoke to is just talking about that they've gone there for the chance to make more money. I worked in New Zealand for six years as a midwife. If you're comparing my kind of take-home salary, you know, as a, as a hospital midwife in Australia versus New Zealand, it's between two to three times as much. Midwives in New Zealand are not paid as well. The conditions aren't as good and there is more responsibility. The other factor that must have a contributing effect is that you look at a city like Brisbane, it's regarded as kind of like a sleepy riverside town in Australia, and yet it has double the population of Auckland. Houses are a lot more affordable too. So if you look at that, I mean, there are clearly opportunities in Australia where you can have a slightly different life. Yeah, that's right. So I should mention that as well. Like people were talking about lifestyle. The weather actually is is massively talked about, but it seemed to me to be a 50-50 split. A lot of Kiwis like the New Zealand weather. It gets a bit hot in Australia for them, but then there's others that are just like basking in the sunshine and especially in uh, Brisbane and Perth and places like that. And maybe just to highlight the salary differences, like one of the people I spoke to is a maths teacher called Liam McMahon. And he uh, moved from Hamilton to Melbourne. And just by making that move, he picked up a $31,000 pay rise, like instantly. Same teaching level, you know, same experience. I think he was maybe like a fourth year or teacher. And um, yeah, his salary jumped. So basically he he was earning $70,000 here in Hamilton, now on $91,000 Kiwi plus superannuation payments. And then that was pretty much the story of lots of people I spoke to. When you look at that, we live in this global economy with employers across the globe vying and competing for the same workers. So is there any way that a country as small as New Zealand can compete with those higher wages that you've just described in Australia? Yeah, it's a tough call, isn't it? I mean, Australia has the same problem in a global economy, doesn't it? So yeah, I I don't know what New Zealand can do. It, It has to get some of the basics right, I think. Like it needs to be about quality of life, doesn't it? So in Auckland, we're complaining about the infrastructure in such a small city, traffic jams, Kiwis seem scared to spend money on infrastructure, I feel like as, a, as someone from Australia, you hear debates about infrastructure, people are worried about how much it's going to cost. But yeah, I mean, one reason why Australia has been going after Kiwis at the moment, according to a migration expert that told me, is that they'd actually tightened up some of their visa rules for migrants coming into their country. So employers were suddenly headhunting Kiwis because they could still get access to them. So yeah, in a global economy, that's the sort of thing you're up against, just things can shift, you know, a country tightens its visa rules and suddenly there's a switch onto Kiwis to pull them across the Tasman. So it's hard to stop that, right? You obviously need to do your best to get salaries high here and to improve quality of life. 
If you're a nurse or a doctor or a teacher, as you've described over here, how strong is that incentive to go across? There were some campaigns that made headlines. There was one by the Northern Territory Police earlier this year. They advertised in the Herald. And they were offering Kiwi police officers the chance to make $147,000 per year while also getting seven weeks annual leave. And when you look online, this is not exactly an apples for apples comparison, but a first year police officer in New Zealand would earn $75,000 and that would rise up to $82,000 for someone with five years experience. So, I mean, that's a massive difference in salary, isn't it? And I think police, prison officers and nurses, they're all in the firing line. And from time to time, because you've got different government states and territories, they run their own like sort of health system. So from time to time, the different states are competing against each other and then suddenly looking at New Zealand and offering packages directly aimed at Kiwis. So... Yeah, it seems to be a very good time for these sort of occupations to move across. If you're enjoying this episode of The Front Page brought to you by the New Zealand Herald, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. How many people have moved as a result of the citizenship changes that came about earlier this year? I suppose it's impossible to say that. We don't have numbers on that. But one thing's for sure is that Kiwis have felt like second-class citizens in Australia compared to how Australians get treated in New Zealand. So that change gives them access to vote and gives them access to certain health and housing, welfare sort of benefits over there, gives them stability. They know they can stay in Australia. So when they didn't have access to that, there was always this sort of sense of uncertainty that was hanging over Kiwis living in Australia. So it's definitely another thing in the mix that's pulling um, New Zealanders over the Tasman. It's hard to say how strong it is because I think, you know, the primary thing is to go and earn a salary. A lot of people won't believe they'll come back to New Zealand so they don't go over there thinking they'll become citizens. But once they're there for a long time, it's something they want just for that stability, I think. We've all heard those positive stories of moving to Australia, the higher salaries, the cheaper houses, the better weather. But are there any regrets of those who are still living there? Is there anything that they miss about New Zealand? Yeah, there's plenty they miss about New Zealand. I think Kiwis are pretty parochial. (laughs) I've got a friend who knows that maths teacher I was talking about earlier, and he's talking about how that guy is always going on about New Zealand. (laughs) So, So I think in their hearts, New Zealanders are always New Zealanders. Some of the things they mentioned to me, um, especially the teachers, I spoke to that teacher and another one who's a principal in Australia, is some of the cultural things, having Toreo as part of everyday language. In Australia, it's, it's a little bit more complicated. You know, the Aboriginal culture has more than 250 languages, so it's quite hard for other people to learn the language, you know, whereas it's probably easier to put it into everyday society here. And I also spoke to a woman with Samoan ancestry who's a New Zealander and and it took her a little while to sort of find her Pacifica community that her children could integrate in with school and make schooling a bit more fun for them. And then everyone also that I spoke to always misses the laid back lifestyle here. They miss their family. Generally, they say it's a bit of a different pace of life here and they miss it. On the other side of the debate, you've also spoken to a few people who have moved back to New Zealand from Australia. What are their reasons for leaving? Yeah, so uh, two people in particular stand out. One guy, he came back because his wife got pregnant. (laughs) So he was actually saying he was having the time of his life there. He'd worked on Hamilton Island and then he had a bit of a party lifestyle in Melbourne and his wife had a good job planning events, conferences. So the salary was good, but once they had a, a child, they were thinking about what would happen in an emergency. 
and so they came back for the family support. But it's turned out really well for him. He's from Levin, and he's started a garage installation business. He's bought his first house, moved on to his next house. So coming back home actually really turned out positive for him. His life's really moved forward. And then I spoke to an Australian who's here, and he was from Sydney, and Sydney was just, the pace of life was too much for him, and he calls Auckland like a Goldilocks size, not too small, not too big. And part of what's keeping him here is he's actually got a band. um, It's actually called a straw assembly. And he's finding that it's easier to sort of build connections here because it's it's friendly, it's small, and he just enjoys the pace. He loves Piha, the surfing out there compared to Bondi. Says it's a bit more wild out there. I better stop complaining about the crowds at Piha because (laughs) I have it pretty good, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, I think compared to Bondi. (laughs) Are there any downsides to being in Australia that perhaps you didn't foresee? Oh, yeah, look, so when you get here, like getting started, there's a lot of hoops to jump through because they've got so many rules and regulations here and hidden costs. Medicare and all of that can take a little bit of a toll, but once you finally get everything done, it's totally worth it. Ben, what motivated you to move from Australia to New Zealand? Yeah, I came for a job. That was not with the Herald, it was with a different company. I've actually moved around a lot and I had never been to New Zealand, so it was a sense of adventure for me going somewhere new. And they matched my salary here. So, yeah, it's been fun. And I stuck around. I did meet my wife here and she's becoming a New Zealand citizen. So <laughs> she's actually just got it. So I was sort of had to live in New Zealand until that happened. Now we're free to move, but we're not going anywhere anytime soon. I suppose the one big draw that New Zealand does have from this conversation is the idea of family and community. So is that really the thing that will bring people back once they've gone abroad? Yeah, that, when you look online, it's a bit of a bone of contention sometimes. So a lot of people do retire back to New Zealand and then you see some people online are not happy with them because they've gone away for the good times, earned their money there, and then they come back to sort of just to enjoy the benefits. So I suppose New Zealand probably doesn't want them just to go overseas and work and then retire here. You, you want to keep your best and brightest when they're productive, right? We've also seen a trend of TikToks this year of Kiwis who have some regrets about moving across to Australia including when it comes to taking those big jobs at mining companies. I mean, those are the ads that we all see regularly online. Do you think some people are making the move without researching what it's like to actually do these jobs? I'm sure there is. It's obviously human nature to sort of hear something that's great and jump over. I mean, I actually, as recently as Saturday, I had someone who's a cybersecurity graduate who's just out of university. He's moving straight to Australia. And he was busy telling me about Melbourne, how good it was, which is basically my hometown. I, I, did, I never knew Melbourne was so good. He's like, <laughs> he's like an advertisement for Melbourne. So I think there's a lot of hype about how good Australia is. Maybe some of it's a little bit unrealistic. In my experience, everyone I spoke to has actually had a good time and had done well in Australia. So I haven't spoken to many Kiwis with those regrets. So even the people who've come back from Australia are telling you stories that are quite positive about living there. Yeah, yep. You can read other stories where people obviously haven't had good experiences, but everyone I spoke to had had a good experience in Australia, had found it a good place to make money. I've lived in Australia as well, and the reason I live there is because not just that you've got amazing work conditions, career opportunities and incomes, it's also got lower cost of living. There are no quick fixes, right, because our income levels are so different. To be able to catch up, it's going to take quite a lot of time. We need to have this realisation that we cannot afford to pay people peanuts and expect to have great profits and great service. 
Ben, National House talked a big game on the campaign trail about trying to keep New Zealanders living here. Do you or any experts you've spoken to think any of the policies they've implemented or suggested will have the desired effect? Will they be able to keep New Zealanders from moving abroad? A lot of the problems that we've talked about seem to be historical and systemic. You know, we mentioned that Kiwis have always been going to Australia. Some of those things like salaries, housing, how do you fix them overnight? I haven't seen anything that's going to change those key fundamental problems in one term of government. You know, you probably need a few terms of government to have an impact on any of them. And as a property reporter, a lot of experts say governments don't have a lot of ability to influence house prices. You know, things like interest rates and supply and demand are much more powerful levers in terms of house prices. There's a lot of global market forces in play We already mentioned about the change in visas in Australia earlier, and that sucked a lot of Kiwis over just recently. So those things are often beyond the control of of any one government. But yeah, I think the key thing for any government to do is to try and focus on the fundamentals, try and improve quality of life through infrastructure, salaries, especially for nurses, police officers. Um, These are the sort of people that get targeted by Australian employers. And if you can make some impression on house prices, that would be a massive force, I believe, in keeping New Zealanders in New Zealand. Thanks for joining us, Ben. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Paddy Fox with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow the front page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.